Hello and welcome to the Oddchecker podcast. This is the Eclipse, we can call it, the Coral Eclipse preview podcast. We're going to be previewing three races from Sandown on Sunday and one from Haydock in the Lancashire Oaks. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by two expert guests who are going to take us through the cards. Four races, hopefully four winners. Fingers crossed. We've got Oddschecker's very own tipster every day, tipping up winners to the Oddschecker audience. Andy Holding. Andy, how are you doing? I'm very well. Yes, uh, looking forward to this weekend. Um, we've uh, got through the derby in the Oaks and um, we, think, we feel as though we've got all those bases covered there. But I think we're coming on to more of the trickier uh, day of the two of the weekend. Um, these races will probably take a little bit more sorting. OK, yeah. Anyone who hasn't listened already or watched it, we did a derby and Oaks preview before this, which you can find on the Odds Checker podcast and on the YouTube page as well. So if you're listening to this before Saturday, make sure you get over onto that first. And also joined by Longshot Ted, Ed Quigley, racing broad- broadcaster and journalist and becoming a bit of a veteran on the Odds Checker podcast as well. Good to have you here, Ed. Well, I'm going grey enough to be to be on here, to be fair. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> no, it's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a derby, an Oaks and an Eclipse on the same weekend. Uh, it's been a bonkers year, but that uh, pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And I don't think the good sport's going to stop coming thick and fast for a long while now. Fingers crossed anyway. Uh, before we get into the racing, let's uh, just point you in the direction of the Odds Checker app. Download now for the very best prices, the best bookie offers, free bets, tips direct to your phone before anywhere else. So before we get cracking, just download the Odds Checker app now. Um, you definitely will not regret it if you're listening to this podcast because you like a bet on the racing. Let's start with the big one. I think start where we are all looking and what a race this looks set to be. The Coral Eclipse on Sunday. And as it stands, Enable, despite murmurs from the Gosden camp about needing this run, is the 11 to 10 favourite. Odds on in a few places as well, but 11 to 10 favourite. Gaiath, 9 to 4 second favourite. Uh, Japan is uh, around about the four to one mark, nine to two best price. Magic one, 16 to one. Regal Reality, 25 to one. Deirdre, 25 to one. Bangkok, 66 to one. We're recording this at about three to about three o'clock. Nearly to three to one. At about three o'clock on Thursday afternoon. So the market might look a little bit different this time tomorrow. But Andy, coming to you first, enable 11 to 10. Is this one to take on or this one to get with? Um... These kind of races, I always prefer to usually watch them rather than betting, particularly now that Lord North's out and we've only got the seven runners. I might have had half an interest or, or a good solid look at it if, if we would have had the the, the perfect date. Um, but with that with that in mind, um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to give it a skip. Look, she, I think she's always going to be better over a mile and a half. I think her career record suggests that. But she was really good when she won first time out uh, here last year, of course, in the Eclipse beating Magical. Uh, workman like more than uh, brilliant. Uh, I th- certainly think she's going to have to be on her own game to beat uh, Gayath, who on his day is probably one of the world's best horses. He's certainly rated uh, in that bracket, isn't he? When he won at uh, mm. Dubai, I keep time figures out there in, in Dubai as well. And he literally smashed it out of the park and another park um, for that matter. Um, I wasn't sure whether he'd do it over the wide, expensive new market. Thought he might need you know, a few bends to sort of get breathers in. It can be a bit. Um, you're open and exposed, you know, you, 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 it's very difficult to keep keep rocking and rolling there at Newmarket, but he, he saw them off one by one and 
they all waved the white flag. And let's face it, there's some decent foddering behind him that day. Anthony Van Dijk, De, um, uh, Defoe, and, and you know, good solid mile and a half, mile and a half group one, group two horses, and he absolutely battered them. Um, if ever a track was sort of tailor made for his run style, this is it. He'll go into the corner in front. He'll fill him up, Buick, and then he'll just keep winding him up down the straight. So if Nagel's not on her A game, as John might have just alluded to in, in the press, uh, then Gayath, I think, has got a, a massive chance of um, giving uh, Godolphin another winner in this race. Because this is a race very much that you know the boys in below do like to win. Um, and can't really... <laughs> Can't really sort of get enthusiastic over too many others. Like Japan, you know, this mm. obviously his trip, he was a bit of a failure last time out at Royal Ascot, as we well know. All the others good enough, the likes of Deirdre and Magic Wand. Um, so, yeah, if, if Gayath gets that breather into himself, obviously Bangkok being in the race could be a little bit of a spoiler up front if, that, if he doesn't settle. But I think if Buick can get that breather in down that top bend, fill him up, he, he just gallops all the way to the line and we know he stays really well. So, if you gave me a bet at the prices at this moment in time, he would be the choice. Oh, yeah, nine to four with Bet365, Labrooks, Betfair, Paddy's, Unibet, Sport Nation, Tenbet, Genting Bet, and Sport Pisa. Um, what do you reckon, Ed? What do you make of this market? That's pretty much spot on. I mean, in the build up to this, Lord North would have been my probably my selection, actually. I was really taken by the, the man and what that horse did. Uh, Royal Ascot, obviously, that's all pie in the sky now, and it, it does look a bit of a two horse race on paper, doesn't it, really? Uh, I find it hard to get enthusiastic about anything really left of field in here to get in the mix. Uh, the likes of Regal Reality or Deirdre, etc. Bangkok, they're just not good enough, I don't think. Japan's the interesting one, who clearly does have high-level form, but I'm just convinced this horse is one mile four. We discussed this on the Royal Ascot uh, uh, preview, didn't we? I just think a mile and a half mm-hmm. is this horse's trip. OK, this is a stiff 10 furlongs, but I, I just... Just think that horse will come into its own again later in the season and going back up a distance. And it's just a question, is, is an able and able first time out? No, no one's really going to know. John Gosden's throwing out the little hints uh, at, at this stage that perhaps uh, she'll strip a lot fitter for the outing, which is entirely plausible. And I, I think Gaia coming back down to 10 furlongs uh, makes this really even more exciting, really, because the horse is such an engine, doesn't it? Uh, really does set exciting fractions and will, if there's any kind of fitness chinks in the armour of Enable, they probably will be exposed by a, by an individual over 10 furlongs who has a, you know, sets a searing gallop, if you like. So it's not a race I will be uh, striking a wager in. I think it's one of those two wins it. And if Enable is Enable, she does win. But we all know the whole season revolves around a couple of minutes at France in October for Enable, doesn't it? So uh, <laughs> I, I don't think they'd be too disappointed if Enable went down all guns blazing here because you know, later in the season where it really matters. But um, yeah, I, I tentatively go with the boys in blue for Godolphin here, but uh, just a, a race I'm going to watch and enjoy. I think there's two yeah, side stories. Two side stories. No, you, you go on, This guy's is... It's, I mean, it's, it's great that we've got Enable still in train. I mean, I think it's a real... Um, you know, we should be thankful that um, you know, Prince Carl is give, you know, letting the public see her again. Obviously, you know, we won't be able to see her close <laughs> hand, of course. I mean, see her on TV. And I think it's also a real shame, isn't it, for Sandown itself. I mean, can you imagine what this card and how many people would be there on, on, a, on a Sunday with this card? They'd be queuing around the block like they were to get a McDonald's, you know, after a post-lockdown. Um, <laughs> there'd, there'd be sort of that many people trying to get here. I think they'd probably have to pull the shutters down, wouldn't they? Or you'd have to buy a ticket in advance because they'd probably sell it out three or four times over. 
Um, so it's a real shame for Sunday. You've got to feel desperately sorry for them. They've got a race to save her. And unfortunately, there's only going to be a handful there to watch it in, uh, live in the flesh. Absolutely. I mean, as you mentioned there, it's going to be a great spectacle, if not a great betting heat. Um, but fingers crossed that no matter what happens, you know, Enable gets gets there in a couple of months' time, uh, all intact. But looking forward to watching how it's going to unfold. Maybe a tentative selection for Gaiath at the prices. If you are looking for a bet, a couple of more uh, decent races at uh, sorry at Sandown on Sunday, and we're going to talk now about the Coral Charge, the Sprint. Uh, Art Power is currently in the betting at five to two, nine to four. As we mentioned, we are recording this on Thursday, so we're not positive as to who runs where lazuli is three to one all blue on odds checker so been backed recently liberty beach nine to two and astronaut eight to one dakota gold and tis marvelous both nine to one ali ten to one twelve to one bar and it's a bit of a tough one to to look at the moment before decks but who would you be keeping an early eye on ahead of tomorrow well, I certainly think Lazuli's got to be high up on your shortlist, along with Art Power, if they both turn up. But as we know, the draw at Sandown is absolutely crucial. Um, back in a, 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 you know, yesteryear almost, it seems now, um, you want to be drawn on that far side rail. But I think every punter worthy sort now knows that that far rail has become a little bit of a swamp in the last two years, for one reason or another. I don't know why. It's so hard for horses to make the running and the advances that they used to have. It just seems to be eroded in time. Um that said, Lazuli managed to book that trend by making virtually all last time out um, over the course and distance. And it was that performance, really, that has very much highlighted him as being a, a five-furlong sprinter to follow. His form is almost perfect symmetry with um, Art Power. I think they both beat the same horse, didn't they? Around about three and three and a half lengths. Keep busy. Mm. It was a, a very um, useful horse trained by the Quins. Um, so just if, you, if you're looking at, like, you know, pounds and ounces and, 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 and kind of like the horses they were up against. They are a very much a similar type. The advantage, of course, is with Lazuli because he's done it here at Sandow as Art Power has. And, of course, their time figures are both very good. Art Power's performance in winning a handicap was almost a group performance. And we've seen that race work out well already. I think there's been a winner out of it down the field. I think it might have been Electric Ladyland. I think it was well, well beaten that day. Um, and another uh, guy who I, I speak to regards speed figures as well. He he very much wants to upgrade that our power performance. He, he said that that's a race worth following. Um, so it's got got to, got to be worth taking into consideration. But providing Lazuli, you know, doesn't get drawn out in the car park, and I'm presuming there'll be a decent sized field here. They'll all want to crack at this. You know, there's 20 runners at um, the five day stage. You'll probably get a, get at least double figure field. Um, providing he's not drawn right out in the wing and he, he can get some cover, and he, he's a, he's able to work his way into the race rather than try and blast from the front like he did last time. He's obviously got a really sharp turn of foot. I think he might just hold sway. So I'll go with Lazuli. Lazuli, 3-1 to one with Hills, 8-8-8 eight, 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 and Coral. Ed, who's catching your right? Um, well, again, I won't repeat everything Andy said, but yeah, in, in regards to not knowing the draw, uh, who's in the car park, who's not, and who's actually going to line up. There was just one I underlined here purely based on last season's form that was at Ali for now Simon and Ed Crisford partnership yes this individual's got to prove that he has trained on as a three-year-old to some extent but it's very very smart performer at group two level last year you know I remember the performance of the flying children's especially so this is a horse of a lot of ability and uh, he's three from three under Frankie de Tory in this country uh, and all three times Frankie sat on board has got the job done 
the one time it all went wrong, of course, was over in Santa Anita uh, when the horse fluffed the start, got trapped wide and it all kind of went wrong there. But other than that, uh, I say this horse had some very, very smart form. You know, official figures, you know, this horse is rated at 109. puts him level with Lazuli, only a pound behind Art Power. He, he's right there, put it that way. And it was a rather tame effort, shall we say, last time out on his come back, uh, finishing down the field on the uh, on the all-weather. But the market was a little bit weak on the off in the market that day. And I just think perhaps the run was needed. We'll strip a lot fitter on the back of that. But if he could return to the type of form he showed last year with Frankie Dottori on board, let's put it this way. He was, he was running in better contests than this and winning them last year, but does arrive with risks attached. But the draw is is the big question here, and um, you can your race can be won or lost before you've even started the count it. So um, at Ali with a good draw, we'll uh, carry some money from myself. At Ali ten to one with William Hill at the moment. So Lazuli at threes, at Ali at tens. Just just for anybody listening who, when they hear you saying a, a good draw here, um, you know you both mentioned maybe just got to wait and see. Not joining the car park. Are we after a high draw, a low draw, middling draw? <laughs> I was going to say middle now after, after, all, <laughs> oh yeah, after all the years of wanting to be one side and then uh, who I say you only look at Andy points out just looking through the draw results of the sprint tracks of the last couple of years it's almost just totally flip-flop doesn't it I remember mm. Ed Dunlop saying oh if you just got drawn low just give up don't bother unloading the horse off the box type thing so <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it, it's flip round to be honest with you. So um, yeah, a, a middle draw and then you can't lose. <laughs> okay, so just yeah, don't, if, it, if it's one or one or eighteen, careful. But if you're in the middle, you're fine. That's the that's the advice here. Um, on to on to the Henry the second now the third race in this preview. Uh, Nia Frode is the nine to four favourite with Betfair. Sorry, with Betfred, I should say. Uh, cross counter four to one with Betfair and Paddy Power. Dashing Willoughby thirteen to two. Moonlight Spirit thirteen to two. Spanish mission and withhold eight to one, uh, 12 to one bar. Andy, um, Henry the second again, before we know exactly who's running, but at the prices at the moment, does anybody stand out? Yeah, this is a little bit, um, unoriginal, a little bit boring, but I'm a massive fan of this Nayef road. Um, I just think he's, he's all heart. He basically typifies everything a Mark Johnson horse is about. Um, he doesn't have to necessarily make the running, but he made the running last time at the Gold Cup. And as I said to you before in, in a previous uh, preview, any horse that made the running at Royal Ascot on the round track and still hung in there, I'm massively upgraded, particularly as the week gone on and it was getting softer and softer. I think West End Charmer was another one in one of the handicaps from the same stable who cut out the running all the way through and then still managed to finish third. And the performance of Nayef Road was truly astonishing. Obviously, he got beat by... The best day we've ever seen in the in the in the, in the uh, shape of Stradivarius, who's just a freak. Um, mm. But I, he, he, I know he got beat ten lengths. Like I say, he had to make a lot of the donkey work, row his own boat for the thick end of two 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 mile three furlongs. It was only in the last furlong he succumbed to the uh, the Gosden horse, but he beat the rest fairly comfortably. He'll definitely up up um, uphold the Forby Cross counter because that had the run of the race, if you like. Didn't have to get involved in the early skirmishes. And it's a race that Mark Johnson really does like to win. I think Double Trigger won it for him in the 90s a couple of times. DXB won it last year. It's that kind of horse that tends to win it, the grinder, the one who can go from the front, get a breather in and then kick. We know this horse stays while he stays two and a half standing on his head. And the form of his previous win as well at Newcastle um, has also worked out really well. And that time figure that day also 
point him in the direction that Nayak Road is improving at a rapid rate of knots. Um, I think the a lot of the horses or some of the horses that ran in that race ran well in the Northumberland plate boat back over the course and distance of the day. I think Rainbow Dreamer was one of them. I think he finished fourth beyond Nayak Road and he, he was a creditable uh, fourth or fifth under a big weight the other day. So the, the numbers have definitely stacked up and his performances subsequently in Ascot have certainly suggested that that, that, that time figure he, he produced that day is uh, very much... Um, Believable. So yeah, I'm a big Nayef Road fan here. Nayef Road at nine to four, best price seven to four elsewhere. So act fast to get that. It's with Bet Fred. Uh, Ed, would you agree with that, or any others? Maybe a bigger price is the other king. On balance, yeah, with Nayef Road. Obviously, he was he was the horse actually tipped to beat Stradivarius in the uh, yeah. Gold Cup. Yeah, he ran he ran really well for a long way. He ran quite mm. free as well on, on pretty rain softened ground, didn't he? Uh, over that trip, I think mm. coming back to two is actually probably perfect for him actually uh he's unexposed over these staying trips as well as what you got to remember it's only recently has he got up to this type of distance where you've got a few horses in here who we kind of know what they are uh when it comes to this type of contest especially cross counter who <laughs> is, is the number one most the biggest excuse horse going at the moment uh bless him he just keeps finding a way to lose even though officially he is the best horse in the field but got to remember nair has got to give three pounds to his rivals here and Potentially did have a hard enough race only a couple of weeks ago on soft ground. But having said all that, he's just the horse I like for this. I think he ticks more boxes than most. Ryan Moore's on board again here. And there's one at a bigger price, so I think will be ridden with sympathy, kind of pick them off. It's a, it's a horse who finished second in this a couple of years ago. He's the old veteran, Red Verdon, who kind of pops up now and again. Had a little confidence boost the last time out uh, when well supported. And I could see that horse uh, running into a place at around 12, 14 to 1. And as I said, he's run well in this contest before. But I, I think they are throwing rock solid here. And as long as he's not feeling the effects of two weeks ago from uh, from that run behind Stradivarius, I think he will take a lot of beating. Nair throwed the selection from both. And a little word there for Red, Red Verdon as well. 12 to 1 with Betfred. So Betfred, your place to bet. And the Henry II stakes at the moment, best price on both the selections here and before we leave you it's going to be a pretty quick whistle stop tour through Sunday I think partly that is because as ever the uncertainty around the runners but we're going to talk about the Lancashire Oaks over at Haydock now and this has been a very funny market over the last couple of days uh, En Bahar is currently the 7-4 to favourite Fanny Logan 5-2 to Manuel de Vega 7-2 to Dame Malio 10-1 to Caballetta 10-1 to Antonia de Vega 10-1 to 12-1 to Bar En Bahar was punted a couple of days ago. Uh, Fanny Logan was about the same price. They flip-flopped. Then this morning, the money came for Fanny Logan. Now Fanny Logan seems to be going back out again. I mean, it's a bit of a hokey-cokey, this one, Andy. What, what do we make of it? Well, I think the key horse uh, in amongst all that lot is Manuela de Vega, the one you already mentioned. So, um, clocked a sensational time when it beat Fanny Logan um, over the same track. Um, I think it was the, the first week after lockdown. Great ride by Rob Hornby, I think. He very much came of age that day and he's been riding well since. Um, obviously, I think connections of Franny Logan, if they do go there, will be more than aware of to try and keep on the tabs of uh, uh, Ray Beckett's filly this time, not let perhaps the six or seven length buffer that um, they afforded um, Manuela de Vega last time out. But either way, I think um, if you're a believer in the numbers and a horse going back to the same course and distance repeating the dose, then I think you'll certainly want to be with Manuela de Vega. At least you're on a guaranteed run at the time of recording. And, of course, with the rain around as well, I don't think we've touched upon uh, the conditions. Mm. I don't think it's going to affect Sandown too much. Those of you down at the uh, southeast are going to be OK. But for us up here in the uh, the Grim North, 
um, <laughs> particularly around the sort of Merseyside area. If you look at that forecast in around Cheshire, uh, where I am, it's it's not looking overly overly bright. So I think we're going to get rain upon what we've already got, which is now currently soft. I think it's definitely going to be at least soft come Sunday, and that will definitely play into Manuela de Vegas' uh, hands, who very much a uh, she she's um, she devours a mud pie. So um, I'd, I'd have to go with her at the uh, current uh, prices. Anything to add to that one, Ed? Yeah, just for again trying to look, look a little bit outside the box in terms of double figure prices. Cabaletta is definitely of interest here for Roger Vary. And let's not forget she beat Frankly Darling on a debut at Yarmouth. Then finished second behind Franconia at Newbury last time out over ten. Staying on doing the best work at the closing stages, having fluffed the start. I think the step up in trip will suit. And uh, Andy touched upon the the kind of heavens opening uh in the northwest of England. Well, it was officially heavy ground when she beat Frankly Darling on a debut. Now, that might be more for the case that Frankly Darling didn't handle it as opposed to she thrived on it. But nonetheless, it's not an alarm bell that if there is rain in the area, put it that way. And I just thought she would improve again with, it's always, a, as you know, George, an angle of mine. I do like the unexposed trip mm-hmm. angle. And so the fact she kind of got going a bit too late over 10 at Newbury last time out in the listed contest, I think going up to 12 with a bit of rain around, obviously around 10, 11 to 1, something like that, I think so. She, she's got to come into the equation and uh, David Egan's already been jocked up on the Tuesday Park runner and hopefully we'll see her. If she does, I think she could uh, she could, she could could run a big race. 10 to 1, Caballetta. Manuel de Vega, 7 to 2 with William Hill and Genting Bet. That is the end of the Sunday preview. Quick chat about three of the big races at Sandown. One at Haydock. Thank you very much to Ed Quigley and to Andy Holding for sharing their thoughts. Fingers crossed we've helped you find a couple of winners Make sure you download the Odds Checker app immediately to get the best prices, the best bookie offers, the best tips, and the best free bets as well. Please gamble responsibly. Fingers crossed you get a couple of winners and enjoy the racing. 